about our burning bush. Our burning bush. You know where I'm going. Praise God. So I'm going to read to you today, amen, some scriptures, and I'm going to, uh, I'll read some, and there's a lengthy reading, so what I did was I capsized some of them, and uh, for time's sakes, because I really want to get into the lesson, but I also want you to know what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to start out in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jephro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and led the flock to the backside of the desert. You know, sometimes we got to get to the backside to see God. And came unto the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flaming fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why is the bush not burnt? And when the Lord saw, he turned and said aside to see. God called unto him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh, or I'm sorry, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Now, verse 6 through verse 10, he talks about, I've seen the cries of the Israelites. I'm going down to deliver them. Come now, I'm going to send you to to Pharaoh. Moses replies in verse 11, And Moses said unto him, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly I will be with thee, God says. This shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I came unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He didn't have to give them a name. When you're God, you're different, or you have no buddy that's equal with you. Praise God. He said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am, have sent me unto you. And then verse 15 through 17, he tells the Israelites, um, the Lord, uh, he tells them how the Lord your fathers will come, verse 18, he says, and they shall hearken to thy voice. They're going to hearken to thy voice. But 19, he says, and I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by his mighty hand. Verse 20 through 22 uh, states that this was what, God says, this is what I'm going to do. He explained to him how he was going to bring the plagues. And in chapter 4, it starts out in verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me or hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thy hand? And he said, A rod. So verse 3 through 9, he talks about casting the rod down, turns into a serpent, reached down, picks it up, goes back into a rod. He says, Put your hand in your side. It went to leprosy, bring it out. It was leprosy, put it back, bring it back. It's clean. And then he said, I'm going to have you take in front of Pharaoh, and I'm going to have you pour the water out. It will be blood. And then in verse 10, 
Moses picked up again, and Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am, I am not eloquent, neither therefore nor since thou hast spoken unto the servant. But I will slow, I am slow of speech and of slow of tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who hath the dumb or the deaf, or who seeth, or who the blind? Hath not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. You drop down to verse 14. It says, you know, he, Moses continued to, to uh, make excuses. And verse 14 says, And the anger of the Lord was kindred against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that I can, he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And so he says, go get Aaron. Amen. And so I want to talk to you once again, our burning bush. I really think this is going to be good. Our burning bush. Because just like Moses, we all face a burning bush. We all face a calling from the Lord. We all face the things that God wants to do in our life. God, we love you. We praise you for this day. We magnify you. Touch, Lord, and to move and to be with us. Lord, help us, Lord, to learn of your word. And God, we're going to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. I found seven, seven reasons why he wasn't, praise God, going to do what God had asked him. Lack of capability. God, I'm not capable of it. Lack of message. God, I don't know what to say. Lack of authority. God, I don't have the authority to do this. Lack of eloquence. God, I'm not eloquent enough to do that. Lack of fitness or adaptation. I'm not able to adopt. I'm not able, I'm not fit for this. I I, I don't have the ability. I'm I'm, uh, in my 40s and I know what it's like to be 62 now. I'm, I'm like, I I just, I like to, I don't know what it is. I just like to take things slower. (laughs) Slow down a little bit. Let's take it a little slower so I can understand what it was like when he was in his 40s. Praise God. And a lack of previous success. You got to realize he carried the failure of thinking that he was going to deliver Israel out of Egypt. And... He failed tremendously to the part he had to leave everything he had. And last but not least, number seven, last of previous acceptance. Praise God. We we think, oh, if I was accepted, it would have went better. If I was accepted, it would have went better. Praise God. Now, we can look at Moses and we can be crucial or critical about him. We can say, well, Moses... He should have trusted God. He should have done that. But we, if we look at this, we deal with the same inferior fears. We have the same things in our own life. It's different when it comes to us. It's like the guy up at the Niagara Falls that had the um, rope across the falls in the wheelbarrow. He went across in the wheelbarrow a couple times, run across, walked across, everything else. 
He asked the audience, he said, who's going to, uh, who believes I can do it again? And everybody raised their hands. He said, okay, who will ride in the wheelbar? It's different whenever it comes to us and when it's our dealings. And so we look at this, but all the excuses that Moses gave, I believe that can be boiled down to one little thing, and that is he felt insufficiency. He just didn't feel sufficient enough to do it. Other words for insufficiency could be inadequacy. Not feeling that we have the ability. Praise God. Deficiency. Amen. Those are words that we can use. You see, Moses' excuse, he really didn't get God's sympathy or he did not get God's approval. Praise God. But God was angry with him. God was not satisfied with him. And one of the things we've got to understand is God's always right. Amen. He's always right. And the anger that God had was not the kind of anger that we would use today because God's anger is a righteous anger. He has a right to be upset. It's probably better uh, explained by our word, he was displeased with him. Oh, I got to tell you this. This is really funny. I can't even remember which one of the grandkids it was, but one of the grandkids had my wife so upset. I saw her, you know, verbally, not badly wise, but I saw her really correct the grandchild for something it did. And when she finally came to her senses, she said, now, Grandma is not mad at you. Grandma is mad at herself. Oh, boy. So she's never done that with me, but that's fine. Praise God. Amen. That's grandparents, isn't it? We've all been there. You like that because you've been there. But God's anger is not the kind of anger, amen, where it's a raw anger. He's displeased with Moses. He was unsatisfied with Moses. God's not going to ask Moses to do something he can't do. Or that's not going to get done. And you're going to understand that a little more by the end of this lesson. He's not going to be displeased with Moses over something that's not going to get done. But Moses, praise the Lord, gave all these excuses. I mean to tell you, he gave him a line of excuses. Seven of them. Seven in the Bible is a completion, matter of fact. Praise God. Moses really had no right to make those excuses. He, and if, like Moses, if our faith is in the wrong place or in the wrong person, then when God tries to deal with us, we use the same excuses, the same ones. And Moses, this was a major calling. But I want to talk to you today about not only your major callings, but your even minor callings, your everyday callings that God gets you up in the morning, praise the Lord. And tells you that there's certain things you've got to do that day. I know in my life, this is the way I work my life. I know that God has my day planned. My week planned. And I get up and I start praying. And I say, okay, God, how do you want me to do this week? Last week, praise the Lord, we had the situation where they were supposed to do the parking lot. They were, and I thought, well, Lord... This might be a good time to do the basement floor. And so if uh, the basement floor is to be done, 
let it start to come together. And it started to come together. And Lord, if you want me to go see Tim, make a night that it will open up. And the only night opened up just happened to be Wednesday night. So I'm saying, okay, Lord, this must be the way you want my week to go. And so I want to walk in the way that you want me to walk. And life is a whole lot easier like that whenever you walk the path rather than trying to go through the briars. And I say, okay, Lord, what is it you got? But every day we get up, God says, I'm going to, I want you to go through this trial. I want you to go through this test. I want you to go through this thing. And we can start down the line of all the excuses of why we can't do that. Lord, I can't do that because of this. I can't do that because of that. And God's like, what do you mean you can't do it? If I say you can do it, you can do it. Amen. And so God gets frustrated with us. Amen. Because of Moses' failure, he learned a negative aspect in his life. He learned that he could not do it in self. Here's where the key turns. And that is Moses tried to do it in self. And if he would have succeeded, he would have done it in self. And he would have got the glory. And God does not share his glory with anyone. So he says, amen, I'm going to make sure that I'm the one that does it. And so Moses failed. So Moses got the negative end of that in the fact that he was not able to do it. The only problem was he never got the positive end. And the positive end was the fact that God can do it. God can do it. Praise God. Amen. Every day we get up, God gives you what it takes to fulfill your day. Your day, God gives you. He gives you. The the Bible says, give us our day, our daily bread. Praise the Lord. Every day, God gives you what you can do. When you get up and you look forward, praise the Lord, you ought to know that God is going to take care of me every step of today. He's going to fulfill all my needs, all my desires, praise God, all my wants, amen, God will fulfill, and when I talk about those things, I'm talking about the things that you really desire, because there are a lot of things we desire from the Lord that we really, in our bottom of our heart, don't desire, we just, it's a false desire, but every morning that you get up, God gives you everything all day long that you need. Whatever God calls you to do, he will always supply the need to do that. When God calls you, you know, when we started the church, oh man, I had a trailer in the back of a car. I was going out. I probably make more in half a, I make more in half a week now than I did in a month back then. And I, 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 we, we needed light in our sign, which was on the front of the church. And I was out there up on the ladder, and I was trying to get the money to put a sign in. It was a couple dollars. I went in and asked Christy, do we have a couple dollars somewhere that I can put the bulb in, to put the light in? Uh, I had to put a new socket in the sign. And uh, a neighbor come across the street, and he said to me, he said, Well, Reverend, he says, what do you, you think you'll get this church going? I said, I, I, I don't, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there was two other preachers that came through before you and tried. He said, do you think you'll get it going? And I said, look, I said, if God wants the church to go, it'll go. I said, if he doesn't, 
then this whole town can't make it go. And that was my answer. And praise the Lord. And that was my answer. You know, it's, it's God's will. And the older we get, why is it the older we get, the more we are, okay, God, if you want it to be done. Because we've seen our failures. We've seen our head buttons. And we're like, okay, Lord, if you want it to go. Lord, if you want me to get to that financial place, Lord, you can do it. Amen. And sometimes I think the Lord withholds it from us because he wants us to learn that he's the one that's going to get us there. He's the one that's going to help us out. Praise the Lord. And so, amen, whatever God calls you to do, he will always supply your needs. Philippians 4.19 says, Paul tells the Philippian church, he said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, I, I thought of something funny in my head. I got, I'll just go ahead and say it. Amen. You know, God can create things. And the funny thought I thought about is the government tries to do that. They'd create more money. It just bothers me that they'll print more money and send it out. It's going to be our devastation. But God can create things. If God wants you to have something, he can create it. Praise the Lord. He can put it on someone's heart. You know, if God wanted us to have a big, beautiful church right in the middle of town, God could put it on somebody's heart, amen, to, get, to donate the money or some heart, large contractor to come in and say, we're going to build this. This is what I feel I must do. God can do that. He can do that in your lives. He can cause, amen, people to have a desire to come to you and do for you what you need done. He can do that. And, you, and I think a lot of times he doesn't do that because we're going to take the glory for it and not give him the glory. That was Moses' problem. Moses wanted to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, but he wanted to leave God out of it. And God says, come to him. And at this time, he says to Moses, he says, I'm going to send you down to get Israel out. And Moses is like, I ain't going to work. And I got seven reasons why it ain't going to work. And he gave him the seven reasons why, hey, man, it didn't work. God could have said to him very simply, you gave me seven reasons of why you are self-centered. And self. Praise God. God is the one that supplies. You know, we get up in the day and we go to work and we get our paycheck and we look at that paycheck and we, we say, look at what I got. Do you remember when you got your first paycheck, how proud you was? I worked and got that. Praise God. You look at that paycheck and you say, I worked and got that. We would have not have got that if God would have not gave us the energy to get that. Praise God. God is the one, amen, that gives us that energy. Praise God. It's actually the one that feels insufficient that's really the one that God can work through better because he is trusting God and allowing God to do it. Paul tells the Corinthians 
in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, he said, Therefore, I take no pleasure in my infirmities, in reproach, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. He said, For when I'm weak, I'm strong. What he could have said was, When I can't do it, it's when I learn to let God do it. Praise God. And we've got to understand, amen, that it is God that does it. And not we that do it. We've got to trust God. God, you're the one that's going to take care of me. You're the one that's going to provide. You're the one. And when God puts something on you, even just the simple things of your daily life, you got to be able to say, God, you're the one that's going to take care of my business. God, you're the one that's going to take care of my home. Lord, you're the one that's going to take care of my church. Lord, you're the one that's going to take care of my children. Lord, you're the one that's going to take care of my grandchildren. Lord, you're the one that's going to take care of my life, my neighborhood, my situation, my town, my state, my city, my country. God, this country, amen, doesn't look good, but... I'm so glad you're in the seat and it ain't going anywhere other than what you'd have it to go. So when Moses looked at God and Moses told him, he said, I have a lack of capability. God said, could say unto him, I am your capability. When he said, I've got a lack of a message. God could have said, I am your message. When he said, I have a lack of authority, God could have said, I am your authority. When he said, I have a lack of eloquence, he could have said, I will give you the words. Did I not make your mouth? When he said, I got a lack of fitness and adaptability, he could have said, I will give you the fitness and I will allow you to adapt. When he said, I, I have a lack of previous success, he could have said, yeah, it's because you do. But I want you to know that I have never been unsuccessful. And then when he said to him, I have a lack of previous acceptance, he could have said to him, so what? As long as you are accepted by me. And a minister called me some time back and and one of the greatest things that ever happened to me, one of the greatest things that took a million pounds off of me was the fact that when God taught me that I was not responsible for my results, but I was responsible for my obedience. Uh, there, there, there were times I were, was obedient and I didn't see the results I thought I should see. And the Lord said to me, he said, was Moses a failure because he didn't get the children of Israel through the promised land? No. Was Noah a failure because all he got on the ark was his children? No. I'm not, you're not responsible for your results. You're only responsible for your obedience. If Moses, if Moses would have went down and Israel would have never got out of Egypt... Praise God. Then God would have not held Moses responsible. But you see, that wasn't going to be the story. We see that. You see, we need to realize that we are, we are insufficient. 
within ourselves. I don't have the ability to do what God has called me to do. But Paul understood that. Because in 2 Corinthians 3 and 5, Paul says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is in God. My ability is in God. Praise the Lord. The devil came to me in my young ministry. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I have really, really worked to be the kind of speaker that can be understood. Because I, I, I don't. Uh, there was a time when I could get up in front of two people and I couldn't say a word. There was a time whenever I would read and I would be so afraid I could not say the word, I would jam up. And so my ability to speak, and if I get out into the flesh, I really struggle with it. And I will mess up under the spirit, but not as much, very rarely. I think sometimes it happens so that I will stay in the Holy Ghost. But I I would not be able to put things together like I do. It did not come very easy to me. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Praise the Lord. But it helps me to understand I need to stay in the spirit and not in the flesh. Praise God. But the devil came to me some years ago and told me, you know, you, you, you're never going to be a good minister because you know what you've done. And I just told the devil, I said, look, I'm going to strike you out. I said, first of all, your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. So God has forgiven me for that. I said, second of all, you're not going to get me down with that statement. And third of all, God is not paying any attention to you. And I, my life, just my life, you know, when I talk about myself, I'm not talking about you. But in my life, praise God, I have learned that I do not have roadblocks when it comes to the things God wants me to do because that scripture is I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengtheneth me. I can do that. I can, I can get there. I can be there. Praise God. Because Christ is with me. It goes back to the statement I said to the neighbor that across the street. If God wants this church to be here, it'll be here. If God doesn't want it to be here, then that's fine. That's what God wants. And so when we live our life like that, understanding, and when God says that, you see, Paul also said in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, he said, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always have all sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. So he said, God will give you what you need. Praise the Lord. This is why we must pray. We must pray, God, I want to know your will. What is, what is it you want me to do? What is your understanding? And God's will doesn't always go with what it looks like on the outside. When my wife and I came here, amen, and we came here in 87, and we started the church, and about two or three years later, I had several churches call me about coming to their church, which was a, a much more better, bigger, public-wise church. And I, I just, even though we were in, in, in the depth of it, I'm like, I prayed about it, and God's like, no, it's not always what it looks like on the outside. 
you just know in the Holy Ghost, when you, when you hear the voice of the Lord, when I call my wife, except with Christy Kay, when I call my wife and she answers the phone, I know her voice. Christy Kay can just really play me up sometimes. But when I call my wife, if they're together, she'll say, give me a phone, Mom. Hey, hey, hon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But when I know my wife's voice, when I call her, and you know God's voice, you just know that's God. And this is what God wants. And you practice that, you know, because if it doesn't work out, then you know, ooh, that wasn't God's voice. You know, but you know God's voice. But the thing of it is with God is, if you really are honestly wanting to walk in him, he will help you with it. But the thing of it is, amen, you've got to know God's voice. And, and so you, you know God's voice and you, you do God's voice. Um, and this is why we must pray, God, what is your will? What is the work that you want? And so you get that. And you understand that you are the instrument in which God uses. He uses you like we use the bass, we use the piano, we use the drums. It's the instrument in which God uses. Praise the Lord. But that instrument couldn't go anywhere unless somebody with a little bit of knowledge picks it up and plays it. So God had told Moses in Exodus, he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee. Praise God. I have sent thee. He said, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve upon this mountain. So here's the question I have for you. How many things have you looked back in your life that has come to a complete circle? And you've said, oh, God was in that. God was in that. The raising of my children, God was in that. The starting of this church, God was in that. Me going to Bible college, God was in that. How many things have you looked back? God said to Moses, he said, here's going to be a sign for you. He said, and that is, when you come back here, you will be worshiping on this mountain. I believe that's what the book of Revelation is for. The book of Revelation is not for us to try to predict the future. The book of Revelation is for us to look at it when it happens and say, God knew what he was talking about. Because there has never been an error where somebody has taken things out of the book of Revelation and said it was their error or their time period. All down through the periods of time, someone has taken something out of the book of Revelations and said, that's for today. And I don't believe that is the proper way of looking at the book of Revelations. I think the proper way of looking at the book of Revelation is when it comes to pass, like what God told Moses, when you get upon this mountain and you're doing the sacrifices, you can look back and be assured at that point that everything is in the hands of the Lord. And so the question I have for you is, the things that you struggled with, because I'm talking to an adult class, the things that you've struggled with and the things that you've gone through and the, the things that you've questioned God about, now you look back and you say, oh, God was. When the man turned and changed 
his promise to me about buying some property for this church. And I stayed out of bidding against him. And then he turned and he finally said to me, I've decided not to sell you the parts that I told you I would sell you. And it infuriated me. And then all of a sudden, the lot next door came open and we had the money to buy them places over there and tear them down. And I stepped back and I'm like, oh, God, I can worship you now on this mountain because you are God. So you look back at things in your life and you realize, praise God, that God knows what he's doing. What he was saying to him, he was saying, this is a sign that I am God. And I will finish what I say I'm going to do. John 15 and 16 says, ye have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. God has chose you every day to do a certain thing. Do you realize that when you were born, your mother and your dad may have had wishes for you to be born. But there are a lot of couples that wish for babies and are not able to have them or whatever. But your mom and your dad wished that you were born. But it was the God in heaven that approved it and accepted it because he knew there was a purpose for you in this earth. Too many people are going around earth not understanding their purpose. I, I, I'm just going to say this. You'll never be satisfied with things outside if you don't be satisfied with things on your insides. No matter what you do, it's not going to make you successful inside. You have to feel your worth in God and understand. Here's what you understand. You understand that I, whatever I am, it does not matter. I am only an instrument that God uses for his glory. And I need to trust God for that. Praise God. This is the lesson that Moses had to learn. As God is a creator, he had the right to create Moses. He had a right to choose for him what he was going to do. Praise God. Just like the things you own, you have the right to do with it whatever you want to do. This is the lesson that Moses had to learn. But let me give to you in the ending the lesson of the burning bush. I believe that was the example of what God was trying to say to Moses. Because, amen, all of a sudden Moses was walking. And when he looked at the bush, the bush was burning. Now, you and I know that it takes material to make consumption or to make a fire. You have to have oxygen. You have to have fuel. Praise God. And you have to have a spark to make a fire. You have to have material. When the material's gone, the fire is out. God's walking along, or Moses is walking along there, and he looks over, and here this bush is burning. But the material part of the bush was not burning. In other words, Praise God. The bush was Moses, but the fire was God. 
And when we do things in self, then we allow the burning to be in the bush. And it will be consumed. But when we allow God to take and use us like the bush and allow the Holy Ghost to work in our lives, then there is a never-ending supply of works being done. If that fire would have been in the bush, it would have been consumed. But God was saying to Moses, psychologically or mentally, he was saying to him, praise God, you tried to do it. You tried to be on fire. You tried to get it done. But it consumed you. Now, why don't you just let me be your fuel? Let me fire it up. Let me get it done. And let me be the God that I could be. And I'm telling you, when I'm talking about your burning bush, if you just sit back and say, okay, God, you're going to do it. You're going to do it, God. It's, it's, if it's going to get done, it's going to get done with you. If this church stays in exis- existence as a pastor, God's the one that's going to have to do it. If my, if my family turned out to be successful, of course, it's their choices, but God is going to have to do it. If my business is going to continue to move forward, God is going to have to do it. Now, there are some things that God works with inside of the law. In other words, he says, if you sow, you'll reap. If I sow work, I'll reap it. That's true. But the bottom line is, it's God that's got to do it. It's God that's got to bring it forth. So when Moses looked at that burning bush, he saw a fire, but he saw a bush that was not being consumed. God was trying to say to him, amen, when you tried to take care of it, you did it with, you tried to do it with your own material. You tried to do it with the bush, but don't do it with your own material. Why don't you just sit there and let me be seen through you? And here's, I'm going to do this and I'm going to end. Praise God. Because I, I just got this last night. I'm thinking, God, this is good. When sinners look into your lives, if they look into your lives, I'm hoping I can explain this well. If they look into your lives and they think you are living for the Lord, people who live in self, itself, praise God, they're, they're, they're uh, self-livers for the Lord. They their, their works is their self, so they take pride in it. Amen. And, and a good way to know that is if you look at someone else and you say, well, they're not living holy. Why don't they live holy? Because I'm living holy. You're not living holy. God's living holy in you. But when people look into our lives as Christians and we pretend, because that's what you've got to do. You're not going to be able to live for God by yourself. But we pretend like we're the one that's holy. We're the one that's righteous. We get up, we dress ourselves, we fix ourselves up, we look so good. We have to present such a beautiful thing in front of them. When they look into your life, they're saying, I could never do that because you're doing that on your own ability. I don't have the ability to do it. But when, you, when they look into your life and they read you and they say, I understand that you don't have the ability to do that within yourself, but Christ is living in you. I want Christ in my life to live like that. 
You see, as a church, we've got to be careful because we're not having revival. And you're saying, why aren't we having revival? And you say, well, it's because people are not hungry for God. Well, why are they not hungry for God? And so you have to ask yourself, is it possible, amen, that we've lived so long for the Lord that we're taking credit for what God is actually doing in our lives? And people are looking at us and saying, well, that's, 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 you, you doing that because you're, you're strong. I want to tell you something. They look at me and, they, you know, I had someone say to me as a pastor, they said, I found out why you're such a nice guy. I said, why am I such a nice guy? Because you're a preacher. And I'm like, okay, I know some preachers that aren't nice guys. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying to you today? Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, I would not be where I am if it wasn't for Christ. Because I know where I came from. And it's Christ living in me. It's not by my strength. It's not by my power. It's by his. And you know I am so afraid of screwing up and falling. That I constantly tell myself that. God it's you. God it's you. God it's you. I'm going to preach tonight a message. That I am really excited about. God really opened my eyes to something. That just blew my mind. About the Holy Ghost and about salvation. Amen. And if you get, not if you get a chance, the devil's going to fight you. Try to be here tonight really hard. Let's all stand. Praise God. Your burning bush. Lord, it's you. Lord, it's you. Lord, it's you. Lord, it's you. And thank God for the grace that takes care of the things that I do. Amen. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this service. God, asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move. Let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. Bring us back tonight at your appointed time. And God, I'm going to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?